And we're going to finish Ephesians chapter 2 today, and then next week, Lord willing, as we focus on the resurrection, I'm going to give two reasons why you should not worry about dying, right from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm excited about that. But as we finish up Ephesians chapter 2, I want you to think about this for a moment. What's the first thing that comes to mind, or what first comes to mind when you hear the word church, church, what comes to your mind? God's people. God's people. Anybody else? What's that? House of worship. House of worship. Fellowship. Fellowship. What else comes to your mind? Kids. Kids. Amen. Children's church. Abigail reminds me every Sunday morning. Ecclesia. Ecclesia. Oh, somebody's spitting Greek out, huh? Good job, Steve. Very good. We're going to talk about Ecclesia in a moment. I mean, no one says this when you think of church. This is what comes to your mind. This is what comes to your mind, right? Amen. Whitefield Community Bible. Anybody? Not one amen? Wow. Maybe I got to go back to California and preach there. But here, I mean, this should come to your mind. Whitefield Community. People think of church. Immediately they think of what? A building. How many of you said this morning we're going to church? Yeah, church, right? Like we're going to church. We think we're going to a building. Now, this building um, was built in 1972, if I'm not mistaken, right? Chuck, was it 72? He doesn't remember. He built it, he doesn't remember. Right, 1970-something, right, it was built here. And uh, and here's what's amazing. Um, it's been remodeled. There's different, This not, not how it looked in 1972, by God's grace, um, uh, it, it, there's different things on it. There's a cross out. There used to be a cross right over here on this side so people can see it from the highway that the woodpeckers loved. I'd be studying. They would just sit there and eat that crop. I mean, all, I'm like, what in the world? I thought somebody was shooting at me. I'm like, unbelievable. But that's what they would do. They would just come and they would just come and just, and you would hear that. And then, because they didn't have stucco on the outside, every time the wind would blow or the wind, you would hear that. I thought this thing was possessed. I'm like, what? You know, I got. How do you study with that? Then I get Bob's messages. And then really, forget about it. But you look at this now. Praise the Lord. We're not going to hear bop, 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 bop. We're not going to hear the wind blowing because now we have this stuff. But this is not the church. In fact, we, we don't hope it happens. But if something happens where somebody comes here, vandalizes, burns it down, and next week we have to meet outside, we are still Widefield Community Bible Church. If we have to meet under a tree, we're still Widefield Community Bible Church. The building is just a building. And as we know, how many buildings did the Apostle Paul build? Zero. But how many churches did he start? Many, many. And so it's not a building, we know that. And the word ecclesia, what it means is the Bible talks about the church as a people. That's what it is. It says the church in your house. We talked about this before. The Bible talks about the church as a people who gather together. Some people say, hey, it's just a church, but these are people who gather together. And the Bible talks about people who gather together to do what? To act. And so when we come together, we come together to do God's will. We can't just say, let's have church under a tree and we just hang out and eat donuts. As great as that is, and as wonderful as I'd love to be a pastor of a church of donuts, we can't do that. We need to get together to act, to act, to do God's will. And that is a church. Now, 
as we study this passage of Scripture today, we're going to see how Paul focuses in on what is the church and how we are part of the church and how it is important for God. Notice this here as we start out God's household. Notice what he says here. We are citizens of God's kingdom. Watch this verse here. Two, Ephesians 2.19 says this, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. So he starts off and he says this, We are fellow what? Citizens. Not of America. Although most of us are fellow citizens of America, and that's wonderful. But notice this here, what, what, what it means to be a citizen. When we think about citizenship, we think about this. We think we have privileges. In fact, if you talk to somebody and say, where are you a citizen of? That means you have rights as a citizen. And people love to talk about their rights. I got a right to do this, and I got a right to do that, and I got a right to do this. And you know what's funny? When we get saved, you know what God says? you got a right to give up your rights and live for me. In fact, if anyone comes after me, let him what? Deny himself. But yeah, we talk about citizenship. We say we got rights. Yeah, we got rights. We got privileges. Praise God. We got wonderful privileges of heaven. But notice this. We also have responsibilities. Everywhere we're citizens, we have the rights, we praise God, but we also have responsibilities to serve and to submit. We have responsibilities. And so what does it say here? We are fellow citizens. We are fellow citizens of what? We are fellow citizens of heaven. Heaven. Which means this. We are first and foremost citizens of Heaven, don't miss this. Because I think a lot of what is going on in this world, even the reactions from the believers today, is because they miss this point. They think they are first and foremost citizens of the country they live in. And yet we are first and foremost citizens of what? Heaven. Don't miss that. And God's rule, when people, we talk about the kingdom of God, people get that all confused. Is it God's rule in our heart? Is it the kingdom to come? It is God's special rule over his people. He is king. And we submit to him. And our citizenship is where? In heaven. This makes such a difference. I remember when uh, Black Lives Matter, when this all started, and they, and they interviewed an African-American pastor, and they said, why aren't you going out and blowing up buildings and doing all this stuff? And he said this. He said, because I am first and foremost a citizen of heaven. I'm a child of God. That's how I need to react. Our citizenship is in heaven from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are waiting. We praise God that is his kingdom, but we are waiting for him to establish the kingdom here on this earth. And notice what Paul says. Let's go back to this passage. He says this, So you are no longer strangers. I, I like that word because the word means you're a traveler or a visitor. We, we did this for the last uh, 10 days. We traveled. We visited New Mexico. We visited uh, Phoenix, which I'll never... I, I am not a fan of Phoenix. Anybody from Phoenix here? Oh, two, couple people. Oh, I love Phoenix. So I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix is great. Everything's great. No, you don't like Phoenix either? Okay, I hate Phoenix. I, I hate Phoenix. I, they drive worse than New York City. I mean, they are nuts in Phoenix. 
But anyway, uh, we won't go there. But we went to Phoenix, then we went to California. Right? Amen. Half the church. I got to be careful what I say about California. Beautiful land. Beautiful. We stayed in a beautiful drug hotel. I just praise God. This is what you get for free miles. Somebody said, how'd you get this hotel? I got it with my miles. It was free. It was a drug hotel. I couldn't wait. I looked around. I said, Katie, I said, we're the only ones vacation in here. I think they were using the hotel to put in the homeless and the drug addicts and all that. I mean, they even had the piece of paper in the back door. We, and the, the lady goes, oh, we gave you the wrong room. We're going to give you another room. They gave us a room, two doors bef- right next to the back door. So now we get to see these drug addicts going back and forth, in and out. I'm like, wow, thank you. I'm back in the Bronx. <laughs> if I wanted to visit New York City, I would have went there. But we were travelers and visitors. Four days and we were gone. Went to San Diego. Two days, we were gone. Phoenix, a day. And that was long enough. And we were gone. <laughs> he says, you're not a traveler or visitor when you're a citizen of heaven. In fact, notice this. We're not aliens. I, I like that word too because aliens means we're not living in a land where we have no rights or privileges. And, and, and I, I remember because if you look at our Argentine document, which we have as a family, the first words you're going to see on our Argentine document is extranjero or foreigner. So everywhere we went, they knew we were what? A foreigner. We don't have passports to heaven with the word foreigner on it. We have it stamped by the blood of Jesus Christ saying we are citizens of heaven right there. All the rights all the privileges. Praise God. He says, you're no longer these people that have to worry about somebody coming and grabbing you because you don't belong. You belong. You are welcomed. And you are fellow citizens of the same. Your citizenship is there stamped by the blood of Christ. So when we think of the church, the first thing that should come to our minds is, wow, we are fellow citizens of heaven. We live to seek first what? The kingdom of God, of heaven, of heaven together. But it gets even better than that. It's great to be a citizen of the same country, and we praise God for that. And a citizen of heaven. But he says something else here. We are also members of God's family. Notice this here. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's what? Household. You see that there? The word household is interesting. It refers to what? An entire family establishment. It refers to all the people living under the same roof. Some of you, um, most of you are in Italian, so some of you haven't experienced this. When I grew up, we lived all in the same house. What did that mean? My grandma and grandpa were downstairs. I had my cousin Michelle downstairs. I had my aunt next to me. And then I had my mother and father in one room. We were all in the same house. Isn't that great? All Italians got together. I mean, you didn't mess with us. You messed with me. You messed with my aunt. You messed with my cousin. You messed with my grandma and grandfather. You were in trouble. It's one thing to say, hey, we're citizens of heaven together. Isn't that great? It's another thing to say, we are family. The church is family. 
This is not a classroom where the teacher gets up and gives a, 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 lection, a lesson and then goes and leaves and then you never see him again. This is not a classroom. This is not a military where I'm the general and I've got everybody walking around and I'm going to... This is not a military. Although they call the military what? A brotherhood. This is not a military. We are a what? A family. A family made up of different... Man, meet my aunt. Forget about it. Made up of different kinds of people. Don't mess with my cousin. I know she watches here. Do not mess with her. She says that she won't hurt anybody. Don't mess with my cousin. Forget about it. We're a family. You know what that means? Here's what it means. As a family, we need to be there for one another. I tell, I tell people, you can say what you want about my brother, and I could say a lot about my brother. But one thing I can always say about my brother, if anyone ever did anything to me or tried to harm me or did anything, he was there in a heartbeat. I remember one guy tried to, he pulled me under the water and almost broke my ankle. My brother, a few weeks later, he was there beating the guy up. I remember when the guy uh, uh, sold us a stolen car and my brother called me up on the phone and says, buy me a ticket, I'll take care of it. I didn't buy him a ticket because I know what it meant, I take care of it. I like my brother, but I don't want to see him behind bars. He was there for me. As a family, a church family, we need to be what? There for one another. We're not just citizens of heaven doing our own thing, living our own lives. We are connected by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are now adopted brothers and sisters in the very same family. We need to do what? We need to serve one another. As a family, we serve one another. As a family, we hold one another accountable. We care about each other's spiritual life. And as a family, we pray for one another. We are family. So when you come into church... This song should be going into your mind. We are family. <laughs> Not one person, huh? I got all my business with me. I don't even know what the song is, but whatever it is, huh? We are. <laughs> you know, that probably shouldn't go through your head. But anyway, all right, well, we're family. We're not just citizens, but we're, we're family. We're, we're connected in this together. We're the household of God. Now watch this. We talk about a building and a temple. And, and if you study the Old Testament scriptures, you, you notice that it was all about the temple, Solomon's temple, and then, and then Zerubbabel's temple, and then Herod's temple later on. And if you study the kingdom of God, there's going to be another temple there. And there's, there's temples all over. It's all about a temple and a place. Watch this. In a temple, there's a foundation, a cornerstone, and a building block. How do you know that this is a true church? How do you know that these churches out there, all the, how do you know it's a real church? They have a beautiful building. They got a pastor. They got people. Does that make a church? Watch this. Right here in the text. Here's how you know. He says, we are building blocks in God's temple. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and who? The prophets. There's the foundation. What is the foundation? Well, some say, well, this is talking about the very apostles and prophets themselves, but no. It's saying having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And here it's talking about the New Testament prophets who were preaching the word of God. So here's what he's saying here. The foundation in God's temple is the very word of God. In fact, let me, let me say this. Any church 
that is not built on the very word of God is not a church. It's not. They may have the best programs in the world. They may have the best entertainment in the world. You may go in there and feel great when you walk out. But where the word of God is not preached, it's not a church. And when I mean preached, I'm not just talking about somebody said, yeah, we preach the word of God. We just mention a verse and we go on and tell you to shut your Bibles and look at me. No, when I'm talking about preaching, I'm talking about explaining what the Bible says. Verse by verse, going right through it. If that's not happening, we are not building upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Look at the early church. Watch this. The early church in Acts 2.42 says this. They were continually devoting themselves to what? The apostles' teaching. They were committed to the Bible, to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of the bread, and to prayer. So we build the church upon teaching the word of God. The foundation is laid. But notice this. There's also a cornerstone. And who is that cornerstone? Right here. Christ Jesus himself being the what? The cornerstone. Somebody says, I preach the Bible. We preach the Bible in our church. But if they miss who Jesus is, they've missed it all. The cornerstone, the most important block in the whole building that, that set the whole building up, the angles and everything, everything was aligned to the cornerstone. Without the cornerstone, the whole building would fall down. Here's what he says here. Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. Now watch this. Who is Jesus? I like this. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? That's a great question. Ask people, who do you think the Son of Man is? Watch this. Some said, he's John the Baptist. Now was John the Baptist a great guy? You better believe it. He was incredible. John the Baptist, wow, some say he's John the Baptist. I put him up at a very high level. Some others say what? He's one of the prophets. He's Elijah. Elijah was incredible. Elijah did amazing things. Elijah was great. Some say, and here's the prophet, what is his name? Jeremiah. Eric, say it. Jeremiah. The weeping prophet. One amen, right? He has a rough crowd. The weeping prophet, huh? Some say he's Jeremiah, one of the prophets. So, so there's people out there. Here's what they say today when you ask them, who is Jesus? They say, oh, he was a good teacher. Some people say, oh, he was a good prophet or a respectable prophet. And some people say he was a good man. And some people say he was a great, a great example. No, they've missed it. Jesus looking at Peter, you know the story. He said to him, but who do you say that I am? I mean, who am I, Peter? You got all these things, people saying all these things about me. But now I want to know who you think I am. I like this. And I love what he says. Simon Peter answered, you are the what? The Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the son of the living God. You are God. That's what he's saying there. You are the one that is chosen. You are the one who is God. I believe this. I don't care what anyone else says. You are God. You're the Christ. And here's what he says right here after that. He says to you, Peter, upon this rock, I will build. Whose church is it? His church. <laughs> 
Whose church is it? Now, I don't want to miss this. Perfect example, right? Now, I hope that you say it's my church in the sense that we belong here and we love and this is my. But we understand this. It is Jesus Christ who builds his church. I don't care how strong the preaching is, how wonderful the outreach is, how, how great the people are in the church. At the end of the day, it is only Jesus who can build his church. Amen. And here's what's great about this verse. And nothing, not COVID, not death, not nothing, nothing will ever stop his church. The gate of Hades will not overpower it. Let the attacks come. They're going to come. But it will not stop his church. It's his church. He's the Lord of it. He shed his blood for this church. And so what is a church? A church is built upon the word of God, the scriptures. The church is built upon Jesus Christ. He's the one building the church, but it doesn't stop there. How does Jesus build his church? How does he do it? Does he just come over and say, okay, I'm going to build it. Everyone get out of my way. I'm going to build it. No, he uses people like you and me. I mean, that blows my mind when I think about it. And we have the foundation, the very foundation of the apostles, the word of God. We have Christ. Christ alone is, is, is the cornerstone of the building. But then look at this. You, watch this, are building blocks in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. Every brick is important. And every brick is fashioned by God and put into his building. And do you know when this building ends? When the last person comes to Jesus Christ. There's still stones left to be put in this building. And I praise God. There's still work to do. And everyone has a part. Everyone is important. Everyone has talents. Everyone has God-given gifts. Everyone is important to the building. I remember one lady so vividly, Leela in, in Argentina, she once wrote me, she says, Jeremy, I don't want to be those bricks that are hanging out in the construction yard away from the building. I want to be in the building, connected, doing something for the building. That should be our heart. Everyone is building. Christ is choosing different, and it's amazing, the, the, the stones that he puts in his building, some that we would never choose. These stones were dead. These stones were disobedient. These stones were doomed. Now they're living stones because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he says this, the whole building is being what? Fitted together. We are connected together and we are growing together as we do our part into the very holy temple in the Lord. Now here's where this is amazing. Back then in the Old Testament, the Lord would dwell specifically where? In the temple. Now where does God dwell? Watch this, verse 22. It says, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So here's what he's saying. As local churches get together and as they are grounded on the very word of God, and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ, the deity of Christ. And we believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. As we get together and we're building up, he dwells in the midst of us. Mm 
Wow. You say, but wait, he dwells inside of me. Yeah, your body's a temple, but as we get together, we are the temple of God, the church. And he says this, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. His spirit dwells amongst us. Wow, what is church? Church is a place where fellow citizens of heaven come together. What is church? Church is a family. We are adopted brothers and sisters. We are there for one another. We care for one another. We are growing together and holding one another accountable. But what is church? Church is where God is building up people who are fitted together, where he comes and dwells amongst us. Wow. And people say, I don't need a church. And you say, do you understand church? Do you realize that the only thing he said he's going to build is his church? He's never said he's going to build my business. He never said he's going to build this or build that. Or build. He said he's going to build his church. And guess what? Look in the mirror. He wants to use you to help build his church. Wow. You say, God, you could have chose something a lot. But wouldn't it be because he chose the superstars of the faith to build his church? No, he chose ordinary people with a lot of problems. And if you don't have a lot of problems, I'll give you some of mine. And you will. With a lot of problems who are very broken to build his work. That is great. You say, but I'm trying, but I can't do it. We're family. We're here to help. We're here to be there. And if I can't be there, I'll make three phone calls. And don't worry, John, my brother, will be there. <laughs> and when he's there, watch out. We're there for one another. But a wonderful thing to see is we are building this together. Together. So here's the question for today. Is are you connected and contributing to God's church? There's no time to be wasting here. Find a place with imperfect people who have a lot of problems but are committed to the Scriptures and who love the Lord Jesus Christ and want to do their work. Find them, serve alongside them, and allow God to use you in ways you never imagined. If we're looking for the perfect church, you're not going to find it. And you know this, because the moment you walk in, it stops being perfect. But if you're looking for something, make sure you look for what God says. Someone who's, the church that's committed to the scriptures. A church that is built upon Jesus Christ and who he is and what he is. And a church that is growing together, building each other up, letting God use them. That is a biblical church. And that's what God wants. Are you connected and contributing to the church? Or are you just like a rock sitting in a construction site, wasted? We don't have enough time for that. It's time to get connected and committed now. And say, God, I'm broken, but use me. And guess what? He will. Every stone is precious in his sight. Let's pray.
My Heavenly Father, we, we come to you in what a wonderful description of the church. We are fellow citizens of heaven. We have the privileges and the benefits and the responsibilities of being part of your kingdom. So Lord, help us to do that. Help us to submit and to serve. Help us to remember that we are first and foremost, what? Citizens of heaven. Help us, Lord, to realize that we're family. There's different people and different families. But in the church, we are family. Adopted brothers and sisters with the same heavenly father. With the same access to the heavenly father. And we're so thankful for that. But then, Lord, help us to remember we're building blocks in your temple. Your son said he will build his church and he uses people. Broken people. Lord, I pray that we would be connected and contributed to your work. Not just a stone or a rock in in the site doing nothing or on the floor, but we're connected in contributing the way you want us to. So we say to you right now, here am I. Use me in any way you can to help build your church. Thank you that this is your church, not ours. You're the one in charge. You know every heart, soul, and mind here. And so God, we we thank you for that. Help us not to get in the way of what you're doing. But help us to be useful tools in your hands. For everyone is precious and everyone is fitted for the building. So thank you for that. Thank you for taking us from being dead, disobedient, and doomed to now being a living stone in your building. We praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Won't you stand with us?